we're, we're gonna do a, a, a little like a little video snippet of you talking when you're in the middle of talking god if I'd known that was happening I would have put on you know <laughs> fabulous clothes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, super <laughs> like, <laughs> has anyone got a feather boa yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of Better in Bed, the podcast where we talk about sex and inspire you to get better at it. Thanks so much for listening. So here's another reason for you to visit sarahsense.com. Besides dropping us a line for the show or checking out the show notes for each of the podcast episodes, I've also developed a free audio guide called How to Get Better in Bed, where I share three simple strategies to give anyone the confidence and creativity to rock it between the sheets. So if you like some of the stuff that you've heard on this podcast, then make sure you go and check out my audio guide because it's got some awesome pleasure principles and practical exercises, and I hope you'll find it useful. So Jai and I were having a chat and reflecting that so far on the podcast, we've instinctively taken quite a straight yeah. perspective when it comes to talking about sex and sexual identity. Why do you think that is, Jai? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it's because we default um, to kind of what we know best. I think even yeah. if we have our broadest views we kind of default to oh okay you and i are predominantly straight so therefore we will default to saying that and i think we could hear it just over the first few episodes like oh yeah it does come across as super straight a lot of this stuff yeah i like that you say we're predominantly straight because (laughs) i don't think either of us are 100 percent we're definitely on the scale um anyway We know that there's a huge universe of sexual identities out there, and even gay itself is a very broad term. But today we want to explore what happens when two men get together and have sex. So I think this would be a really good time to introduce our guest, Tom, who's a little hungover today. (laughs) (laughs) A little, a lot. (laughs) Uh, But thanks for making it it all the way out here to talk to us thanks for having me yeah um where just tell us a few quick things about yourself tom where are you from how did you get to hong kong how long have you been gay or identified as gay yep uh so i'm from the uk brought up just outside of london uh moved to hong kong three and a half nearly four years ago uh for work run my own little company here uh and i sort of the timeline of the coming out and realizing who i was was quite extended uh, from, you know, as a teenager reading like lads mags, but spending more time on looking at men in the swimwear fashion special <laughs> than in the sort of big titted ladies in the middle. Right. Uh, but I hadn't really collared that myself to, I think finally being sort of totally comfortable in my own skin about 19 or 20. Okay. We're going to, we're going to revisit that in a, in a while but let me just say something very quickly about today's topic and why we've got tom in the studio today so today's topic is demystifying gay sex and i think that lots of people particularly straight people or mostly straight people (laughs) um, have preconceived notions about what happens when two men have sex and what i'd really like for us to discuss today um is really what i really want is just to set the record straight and clear the air so I've pulled together a bunch of myths and misperceptions that we can go through later in the episode with you, Tom. But maybe let's just go back to your journey as a gay man. And if you want to tell us a little bit more about that, um, I'd love to hear, you know, how you first learned about different sexual orientations, like, you know, how gay relationships were portrayed to you as a child, maybe, and then maybe your first sexual experiences, whether they were with a similar sex or opposite sex. Sure. So um, I don't really remember any exposure to gay lifestyle or gay relationships. We didn't have any family friends who were gay when I was growing up. Mm. We didn't have any kind of connections there at all. So it wasn't on my radar except as like schoolyard slang (laughs) and slander (laughs) to people. And I think probably because of that, and it wasn't mainstream in television at that point. Yeah. I hadn't really 
had the opportunity to acknowledge that it was even a possibility mm-hmm. in myself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there were kind of these hidden feelings, as I mentioned, yeah. sort of looking at the, the wrong bit of the magazine <laughs> or finding myself <laughs> obsessing over, you know, fashion items. Uh, rather than acknowledging that that might lead to a sexuality decision, I didn't realise there was a decision to be made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sort of growing up in the late teenage years, I was very much uh, sleeping with a handful of girls. Yeah. And never really enjoying it. I've got this sort of this phrase I used for quite a long time, and it occurred to me when we when you invited me to come and do the podcast, which when people asked, "Well, what was it like?" Uh, the <laughs> response to the response was always kind of, "Well, it was it was okay. I mean, I wasn't massively into it. It was sort of like masturbation, but with free lube." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's sort of still my memory of it to date. Apologies yeah. if any of the girls <laughs> from that era do get around to hearing this. I'm, gl- I'm glad they were wet enough. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, must have done something average at least. Um, so then uh, the, sort of the transition from there to gay went through, I think quite a lot of people go through a bisexual phase, mm-hmm. either because they're trying to sort of break the news to their family slowly, or, as was my case, I was just transitioning. I hadn't really made up my mind, didn't know who I was. Yeah. And then as I remember the first time I kissed a guy, it was like fireworks. It was just, oh, wait, this is what, Mm-hmm. feels good wow. this is what's mm-hmm. right and it was just such a, a marked difference how old were you by then uh i was 17 okay 17 um and then i sort of i think i finished transitioning yeah uh and definitely made up my mind by the time i went to university mm. so sort of mid 18 and what was that like was it did it tra- transitioning you know it's it's interesting you say Two things. It was a transition, but it was a decision that you had to make. Yeah. Well, what were kind of the emotions tied up with that? Um, a whole load of uncertainty. So again, yeah. like it wasn't on television. It mm-hmm. wasn't like I didn't know any gay people mm-hmm. yeah. or any openly gay people, I should say. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and just kind of finding the confidence to admit something to yourself that is so unusual, even though you know it's a thing but you're sort of questioning whether it's really a thing or if you're going through the phase that everybody talks about. <laughs> like that was definitely a, a sort of a talked about thing of don't worry about it. Lots of young men go through a gay phase. <laughs> a gay phase. Yeah. yeah. That was the th- and, um, or, you know, experiment with friends, but then mm-hmm. don't worry, you'll get be back to normal. Soon. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I think sort of just admitting to yourself and deciding to, yep, this is who I am. I'm going to carry on with it. Bollocks to everyone else. I told my friends and they were super supportive. Yeah. Um, my family were definitely on the, you'll get out, get out the other side soon. Oh, really? yeah. It's <laughs> fine. And I think that probably took a good five or six years for them really? to be okay with it and understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah I, super supportive friends. School wasn't massively bullying uh, as an environment anyway. Um, now that's uh, nice because I, I know that there are a lot of schools where yeah. there is a lot of bullying that goes on for gay people yeah no i lucked out on that to a certain extent um there were definitely sort of the odd japes here and there but i feel like they were mostly good-hearted no one was it particularly vicious yeah yeah Yeah. and did you find the other people in your school who were gay and yeah so uh, my first experience was in my boarding house uh rather predictably (laughs) uh, yeah most of the stories are true uh but that was more of a sort of a a fumble and a bit of a snog and a a bit of a wank and that was kind of it wasn't until i made it to university that i started progressing into uh um so yeah left boarding school after the rather predictable fumble in the bedroom Mm. no no so hold on did you have sex then? Was it fumble by fumble? Oh, Is that no. the British way of saying? A bit of a wank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mutual, so no, mutual no masturbation. So no like full, I see, okay. Yeah, no. Started moving on to sort of okay. uh, like oral sex at university right. and then anal sex uh, t- t- about halfway through university. Okay. Um, that definitely t- took some getting used to. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, leading up to that, like it, it, this sounds even dumber coming out of my mouth. Did you have to... Did you have to learn to have sex like that? Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And, um, ha- and how? Yeah. So <laughs> I, like, I would say 
I lucked out in that my first boyfriend at university mm. was pretty experienced, but also pretty patient. Mm. Um, and just basically was the first person to teach me. And then once you got the basics down, you sort of just keep experimenting yeah. with as many people as you can get hold of. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, just imagine you in the hallway. You, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you stop keeping count yeah, at okay. some point. <laughs> but everybody no. Joy, do you keep count? No. no everyone <laughs> stops keeping count. When did you stop point? keeping count? Uh, there's a figure. <laughs> what was it? Uh, I think once I hit about 100, I stopped counting. Yeah, once okay. I hit triple digits, yeah. I stopped counting. Yeah, okay. I, didn't and then I stopped at 50. How about gay porn? Were, were you watching that and at any point? I like some gay porn. Um, yeah. I have to say, I've sort of gone off it now. And oh, I, okay. I feel like early days, again, the sort of transition of porn into totally accessible on your smartphone, on your tablet, on your laptop, didn't even have the internet speeds for my first sort of yeah. year or two at uni. And it was all sort of paid sites before people started working out how to rip them. And then it all became free everywhere. Yeah. So no, no gay porn at school. Like okay. I said, the closest I could get was fashion magazines. Yeah. Um, partly, I think, because I would have just died if I'd gone into a shop to buy a magazine <laughs> or a video or whatever. <laughs> yes, VHS was a thing. You know, I still get embarrassed going into a sex shop and looking at porn. Like, I'm like you? ah. But you're fine, like, buying a massive black dildo. Yeah, well, that's that's it. I felt much more comfortable <laughs> in the toy shop. <laughs> Why is that? I, I don't know. know. It's something about, like, it's. I think it's because it's like, oh, this is what you like. And I know we talk about this a lot. It's like, you don't really get to have that conversation as a straight person as much as everyone else. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting one. So I have quite open conversations with some of my gay friends about like what we do, each of us do and yeah. don't like. And yeah. sort of, it turns out there's not that much variety in what people like. Like <laughs> everyone, <laughs> there's either people who've sort of pushed boundaries and in which case they just haven't got to that boundary yet or people who haven't. And at some point they will. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Maybe. I reckon. Anyway, yeah. uh, so porn, uh, no, nah, that didn't, okay. didn't start until later. Okay. Um, and were you ever, uh, I don't Ooh, know. Oh, no. One seminal TV show, Queer <laughs> as Folk. Seminal being the choice word, though. Say as I got a burrito in my mouth. Yeah, lovely. Um, um, queer as Folk? Queer as Folk. Queer so that as was a, Folk. That okay. was a Channel 4 TV oh, series yeah. that came out when I was about 14. And I remember staying up late at night and putting headphones in the TV <laughs> in my bedroom like, after I'd gone to bed uh, just to watch this amazing show, which was just like, it was an instruction manual for how to be a young gay person. Yeah, it says here, it chronicles the lives of three gay men living in Manchester's gay village. Yeah. Hmm. It's, okay. it's brilliant. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> go, go see it. It'll be an education for you more than this podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> certainly more than my bit of this podcast. <laughs> and, and were you ever, I don't know, it sounds like um, when you were coming out and going t through that transition, you, you were pretty brave about it and you were quite determined to come out and, um, and people in general, the response was pretty positive, at least from peers. Yeah. Were there any challenges or barriers? Only emotional ones within myself, I think. Um, yeah. Everyone was pretty supportive. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Is, which is good. I, I lucked out. There I, are definitely yeah. some far worse stories out yeah. there. Yeah, probably also a, a function of maybe where you live and... Yeah, um, there's a million functions. Yeah. Uh, have you actually ever been the victim of homophobia? Again, like, so I've... I've never been shouted at for holding hands with someone walking down the street by strangers, um, but no physical violence. No, no. Again, I feel pretty lucky in yeah. what I haven't haven't been exposed to on that yeah. front. Yeah. And do you think social and cultural attitudes towards gay people are shifting? Like, just the fact that it's m more accepting, or do you think your experience was more unique than other so people's? So, I think. All of us around this table and all of my friends, or 90% of my friends, live in privileged lifestyles. Yeah. Whether it's Hong Kong, mm. whether it's London, whether it's New York, <laughs> whether it's Australia. Yeah. Like, if you're in a developed place, people have developed attitudes. Yeah. 
But even if you just go out into the countryside around any of these major cities yeah. where people are, uh, I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, <laughs> but less educated, mm. less open-minded, less informed, less likely to meet a broad spectrum of society, yeah. then that's you still get bigotry and hatred mm. in very rich places just because they're outside of metropolitan areas. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. But I think in general, uh, you know, because I was doing like a little bit of digging, like, th th and this is just an American statistic, right? So they were like saying in 1977, just over 10% of Americans thought gayness was something you were born with. And that number has steadily risen over time and is currently somewhere between 42 and 50% yep. today in 2016. What do you think? Well, I, I, I was going <laughs> to ask that question. The fact that gayness is something that you're born with. What, is, what do you think of that statement? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure it's a particularly relevant statement to make, mm -hmm. and I don't care. Like mm. Whether it's nature or nurture, which has been the debate for time mm -hmm. Im immortal, yeah. uh, is to me irrelevant. Like Whether your upbringing does it or you're born with it genetically, mm. it shouldn't matter to anyone that you're gay so why does it matter why you're gay yeah 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 it's, it's not a cancer of can you answer this it's it's more of a question of should you even bother asking the question yeah yeah i i also do think that with a lot of countries legalizing gay marriage that's quite a good step right australia being quite yep. a recent yeah one. definitely um i think i was quite happy to see that um but what else what else do you think needs to be done if you think about sort of the larger arena of like LGBT sort of rights and issues and stuff. Yeah, so for me, again, like developed countries mm. legalizing gay marriage mm. is obviously a wonderful thing, like total equality for all in those countries. I feel like the larger game that we should all be trying to play is helping save people's lives in the countries where they get beaten and killed for being gay. Mm. Mm. Like, uh, of course it's nice to be able to have a ceremony, have your tax breaks, etc. But yeah. that to me is a nice to have, not an absolute essential. Yeah. Like yeah. acceptance and legalization of homosexuality around the world mm -hmm. should be everyone's priority, yeah. I think. Yeah. And what do you think the gay scene is like here in Hong Kong? And how do you think it differs from some of, I don't know, the other countries that you've lived in, maybe? It's small. Like, <laughs> it's small, not in terms of the number of people, but in terms of, like, the places to go. Okay. Like, the bars are, they are so provincial. For a city this big and metropolitan everywhere else with the finest dining and the finest cocktails yeah. and amazing wine and, like, all the stuff on the streets that you get in London and New York, like there's a handful of small, dark, dingy <laughs> bars yeah, with, disc dingy. with yeah. disco lights from the 1990s yeah. Yeah. and just terrible music, again, badly mixed by yeah. non-premier DJs. Yeah. yeah, It's it's a really disappointing Th that, representation yeah. of the people who are in the city. Yeah. That is very unlike other cities, actually, the, the music, because for some reason, like all of the other gay clubs that I've been to around the world, they have the, the best, best yeah. music. Like it's, it's almost like gay clubs are known for just like quality, well, like Especially in techno music. and tech house. Absolutely. Like they were the yeah. biggest clubs, like the best clubs in Sydney by far were the gay clubs. Just yeah. For that. Well, yeah, and then yeah. you go one step up and you go to these awesome places in Berlin. Just like these massive, yeah. like old disused been, power I'm stations turned oh. into really? a... Yeah. That'd be cool. Brilliant. Oh, I, I really want to go Berlin. I, yeah. I wanted to go ever since we recorded that last episode <laughs> with, with Elena for... Uh, who lives in Berlin. She was okay. like our guest on episode yeah. 13. But she makes it just sound so amazing. The clubs, so progressive, so liberal. Yeah. What about the gay scene in terms of like people in... Hong Kong, do you feel like Hong Kong is a little bit more closeted or? I, I feel like it's pretty hard to find people, especially if you're so disenfranchised by the terrible bars. Yeah. yeah. Like you've, it's a fairly hidden underground scene. Mm. Right. I, I don't notice many people being flamboyantly gay day to day, whereas, you know, you walk down the streets of London and yeah. it, it's yeah. pretty obvious sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, not again that I'm pulling from stereotypes, yeah. but you yeah. can see a flouncer from a mile. Yeah. 
is it, is it different being a white guy in, in an Asian city being gay? So I think there is a more accessible underground scene for actual dating for yep. the locals. Um, whereas for kind of expats, getting into that, if you don't speak a word of Cantonese, is pretty tricky, yeah. I think. Mm. Um, and most expats here are leading a fairly transient life mm. so they're in and out mm -hmm. so building any sort of long connection or lengthy connections with or relationships with fellow expats is also a little mm. yeah short-lived yeah and I, I think that just comes up in dating in general in hong kong yeah exactly yeah, yeah. um where what was i gonna ask next what about so what like sunday night here like the first thing i learned when i came is like sunday night's gay night and like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh no, it's just like, but don't the gays go out all every the night? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Like, number one, that there's a night for it. I was like, what do, what do you mean there's a night? It's like, well, you just see, like, they're all out there. And I'm no, like, they have special promotions, right? On well, it's because they're still really stuff, high yeah. from Saturday, so they can get another <laughs> night in and then go to work yeah. wrecked on Monday. <laughs> have you ever been out on a Sunday? <laughs> Sounds really weird to say. Like, <laughs> been out on a Sunday? Yeah. Um, no, but yeah. I'm not a clubbing person. Like, yeah. I like bars. Yeah. And okay. again, like all of the gay venues here have music, loud and dancing is expected. Yeah. Uh, uh, except a new one, yeah. Petticoat Lane. Very cool. Oh, Petticoat yes, Lane? I've been there. Okay. Yeah. So if you don't <laughs> like gay clubs or bars, then where else do people meet other gay people where else do gay people meet other is it grinder i mean yeah so I mean, it well, it's, it's, so grinder is definitely yeah. uh kind of at the forefront when you think of gay dating apps and i say dating a very loose <laughs> yeah i was about to say it, it was yeah. op openly a hookup app right yeah exactly um but then you've got like gays use everything from Tinder to Match.com to yeah. you can't use eHarmony because that's founded by Christians and they don't allow you to. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, wow. They have that's no algorithm for gays. Gays <laughs> <laughs> are too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it just makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> don't even know where to begin. What your personal bad. experiences on Grinder? Do you like it? Dislike it? Found anyone good on it? Or? I've found at least <laughs> one good person on it at <laughs> time. Okay. Um, for me, it is a useful tool to get your rocks off. Okay. Um, that sounds so clinical, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, oh it's god, okay. I really want to get laid. Uh, I can't fuck to go to a bar. Just like load up the app, head out the door ten minutes later. Yeah. Um, but it definitely leaves you with this kind of clinical emptiness once if you just go through a season of yeah. grindering and <laughs> yeah. never actually have a conversation with someone. Mm. It's all too easy to do. Then you can just end up an empty husk of a human. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Slightly melodramatic. Yeah. You, but I'm painting a picture. <laughs> um, and what are some of the biggest stereotypes that exist about gay people? We kind of touched about it a little bit before. But uh, your view. Okay, so, like, <laughs> oh my god, gays are all so well-dressed. Oh my god, they're so well-groomed. All you have to do is look at the picture on the page that they've taken of me today to realise that that's not true. Um, Which reminds me. <laughs> they're so bitchy, they're so catty. Like, no, there is every personality type, every walk of career... I mean, sure, the odds are higher that you'll get a homosexual working in musical theatre than on a building site. Yeah. Um, and I don't really but know why, why is that, that is. I, I, I always wonder, <laughs> like, how, why is that originally? Why do they sort of, in some ways, flock towards some of these industries, you know, like, like fashion, like the creative arts, like performing arts and stuff? What, why is that? I always wondered. I wonder if there's an element of... Um, kind of you're strong enough to own your own sexuality. Yeah. So therefore, if there's something you really want to strive to do, but it's not a normal, in inverted commas, yeah. career, yeah. you can still drive to do it. Um, or you have that sort of passion within you. No, this is bollocks. Cut this. <laughs> um, why is it? Uh, my my biggest stab at it it's it's environments and communities that come from more progressive sides of um, society in any way. So if you think about musical theatre, if you think about anything in the arts, they're incredibly progressive. 
open, opportunistic. And I think that kind of environment probably won a few people over early. So therefore, those types of circles feel more relatable. They feel safer. Mm. And I think that's definitely where it kind of it fosters kind of and it kind of is a bit of a snowball effect but fosters that kind of circle of trust kind of thing yeah that's, that's my best guess at it at the moment okay. whereas yeah. a building site you know going back to your first phrase if it is less educated you know more you know regional kind of communities then yeah. they are it's narrow-minded it is the alpha kind of, or the apex of those kind of alpha communities so therefore they don't foster that kind of trust yeah. and that kind of nurturing i wonder as well with with the arts and the sort of the sensitivity and emotional connection within yourself that you need to have to Mm -hmm. work in them yeah um going back to is it nature or nurture i don't really care yeah but there's definitely something i think in most gay men where they are a little more in touch with their feminine side Mm -hmm. so whether they have slightly more feminine genes or whether they had a really strong loving relationship with their mother (laughs) which we all do uh, mostly Um, whichever one it is I think that's uh, that can be an inspiration and lead towards yeah yeah I mean I think for me my take maybe might be also that because gay men don't necessarily have to follow uh, traditional you know relationship models or gender roles necessarily um, they define their own paths for themselves. That's right? what I was getting at with and my earlier bit. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah, you just put it far less hungover and far more eloquent. <laughs> and maybe that's what draws them to the, yeah. those industries. I don't know. It, it's it's always I've always been curious about it though. Okay, um, interesting little exercise I want to do with you, Tom. So I'm going to read like a bunch of statements. Okay, that are commonly said about gay people, around <laughs> gay people. And I'd really just like your honest response in them. And, and I'm going to apologize beforehand if some of them sound a little insensitive. I'm but pretty hard to offend. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I could take your best shot. But these are things that I've heard and I've crowdsourced, you know, from <laughs> also from the internet and stuff. So just, uh, I mean, just give me your honest response and you, you can feel free to be as as whatever as venomous <laughs> in your response or, or just as camp in your response <laughs> oh, <it's yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right so the first one is how do you know you're gay you don't seem gay uh first up how do you know you're straight <laughs> uh and second up okay that's <laughs> fine like what is just how do you define someone seeming gay? Mm. Is it because they're just fabulous? Is it because they skip everywhere? Is it because they have pink <laughs> they love shopping. Like they have a feather boa on? Like, <laughs> that's just bullshit. So, no, you can't say you seem gay or you don't. Yeah. It could be anyone. Okay, well, uh, I think this one is <laughs> related to the first one. I mean, there's a term which people use in that's so gay. Um, and traditionally, I yeah. think it's used to actually describe something that's quite flamboyant and oh wait no i, I was going back to my sort of schoolyard school really like, oh my yeah, god that's so, so gay. gay oh okay when so gay just wh- meant bad oh just bad yeah. like lame yeah so oddly i used to say that at school but i justified <laughs> you it in said my, that? but i justified it in my head that i was spelling it g-h-e-y g-h-e-y just like gray but gay like, oh my god that's gay and i just invented this word that was like, <laughs> i was about to say i'm like is this another word just rationalizing to myself the fact that i was saying the same as all the other kids okay <laughs> well i don't know well what would be your response to that so if you said that uh, yourself is that something that you're okay with if somebody said to you or i mean Obviously, this whole conversation, I'm speaking for myself, not the entirety Absolutely. of gay kind. <laughs> yeah. um, and I have a slightly more relaxed attitude towards okay. like sticks and stones may yeah. break my bones, but words will never hurt me. So if yeah. I can, like, I know when someone says, oh my God, that's so gay, they're not actually saying that they think every gay thing is shit. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's a shame that yeah. the word has taken on this connotation amongst kids and teenagers. And even some of my grown-up friends still pop it out occasionally. I'm yeah. fairly sure I might. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah. Uh, um, I mean, I think sometimes people say that's so gay to mean so fabulous. I don't know. Mm, that's I've so, never no, heard yeah, not, not Or it's actually just more derogatory. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's, yeah, okay. it's even more flippant than that. It's more like, let's go. 
in terms of like, like that's that's not good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously that's shit that it's okay. associated, yeah. but mm. get over it. Like unless someone's actually saying something malicious, yeah. we've got bigger fish to fry. Okay. How about someone who says I'm not homophobic? I love going to gay bars. Get out of my gay bars. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining it. <laughs> Stop ruining it. Yeah. Okay, how about someone who says, I don't care if you're gay, just don't try to flirt with me or turn me. I have literally never heard anyone say that. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. I don't know. I feel like sometimes like straight straight men, they, they feel somehow unsafe around gay people. Like, Really? I don't know. And Joy, actually, can I touch you? Yeah. And, and <laughs> all, my, all my gay friends tell me the last thing they want is actually like, to be with a straight person. Oh, bollocks, that's the top of the list. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a sense of achievement. Is, is that like a challenge? Is that a challenge? Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's a thing. Have you, have you done that? Have you turned anyone? Uh, yeah. Is it possible? It was really odd. There was one <laughs> semester at university yeah. where I managed uh, several weeks in a row on a Wednesday to turn a different straight man. <laughs> and it just became known as Straight Wednesdays. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um, how about he's so hot, too bad he's gay? That's a compliment, right? I, I like think all the hot guys are gay. Brilliant. It's, I mean, <laughs> not true, I th- I think, but I, I think I've said, I've said that. Sometimes. <laughs> you know how I was telling you before we started this episode that, you know, sometimes I had a phase going through watching gay porn. Yeah. And I have a friend who did that as well. Yeah. Lady girlfriend who did that. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, gosh, I mean, the guys on gay porn, they, they pick them well. They're well built. They're well hung. They're everything like yep. a woman wants in a man. Like, well, except so. she wants it in herself. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I might have said that myself. He's so hot, too bad he's gay and he's on gay porn, but I'm enjoying it anyway. <laughs> um, what's one thing you wish that more straight people, you know, could know or could do or improve on to make their gay friends feel more comfortable around them? So I think it's less about friends and more about when you're making friends. Mm-hmm. Um, something I always wish, when someone asks you, do you have a girlfriend? Like that is instantly a, n- a non-inclusive yeah. question. When right. you're meeting someone new or yeah. like you've been chatting for a couple of hours, they know fuck all about you, yeah. Yeah. but they're instantly assuming you're straight. Yeah. If everyone could stop assuming everyone else was straight yep. when they meet them, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good too. It's, it's a good thing for for uh, for us to actually also bear in mind for the podcast <laughs> yeah. because, as we yeah. said, like sometimes we default to these like um, yeah. straight people sort of uh, tropes. Yeah, and, and that's what yeah. we kind of caught ourselves doing it a bit. Yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting. I think because we, in a sense, like we, you're so conscious of what you're saying all the time, but then. There are these big slips where you're like, oh, okay, like, how can we fix that? But yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of definitely asking someone, like, are you seeing anyone and keep making sure it is. I think possibly going even further, like, are you seeing anyone, boyfriend, girlfriend? Yeah. Like, Just, like, make yeah. it known if you're cool with it that you're cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still a lot of people who maybe on the surface are cool with it in that they're not going to beat you up, but <laughs> they, they just don't want to hear you talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk more about some of these terms that I've heard used oh, yeah. in I the actually need an gay this. community. Mm, okay. Right. So there's top bottom. I think most people have heard of that. Yep. Um, we'll talk or, about or that. Fi- oh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk okay. about that in a bit. But then there's also I was doing some research on online. There's a whole bunch of animal terms. <laughs> <laughs> I love your worried face. I need then. to ask you about these. There well, are, so I actually have a flow chart for this. Yeah. Which, yeah. There's, I, I there's otters. I... There's wolves, bears, cubs, twinks. There's a whole twink bunch. An oh, no, twink well, is not an animal. Oh, twink is not an animal. Sorry, <laughs> but there's, there's a there's a, okay okay. Well, <laughs> firstly, <laughs> shall we start with top bottom first, yeah. and then shall we go on to the animal terms? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so top and bottom is fairly easy, but okay. there's a million other phrases for it as well. Okay. Like active and passive. Okay. Uh, picture catcher, <laughs> uh, postman letterbox. Uh, <laughs> How polite. Train, like tunnel, that. like all these little <laughs> euphemisms. Okay. Um, but basically when you're having penetrative sex, uh, mm-hmm. someone like the top yeah. sticks their knob into <laughs> the bottom's aptly named bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and is that like a preference or yeah, people only do and one? Yeah, or? And how do you know you're a top? Like how do you know you're a bottom? Like just... You just try it out. and then So as we were talking about earlier, yeah. you sort of, you work things out you work things with out. either a supportive partner or yeah. 
some supportive strangers or some not so supportive strangers. Um, and most people, I would say, have a preference. Okay. But I think uh, there's also the sort of the magic versatile. If you're entirely versatile, then you're totally happy doing either. Yeah. Most people would identify as either top verse or bottom verse. So they're happy to switch, but they have a preference. Right, yeah. okay. But there's um, but a certain there's, amount there's, of fluidity. Well, there's also that. like a, a lot of people exclusively. who are exclusively one or the other. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. How about the animal terms? Okay, so you, you said... <laughs> What's an otter? Well... Ah, so an otter <laughs> is like a, a thinner but hairier person. Oh. Generally quite young. <laughs> right. Like I okay. would say sort of 20s or under. I'm trying to think of Okay, <laughs> right. Okay, what's a wolf? I have no idea. Is that like a, <laughs> a slightly hairy-bodied, slim, okay, older person? Do you want person? me to read like, what I found? Because <laughs> so so bear and cub, I kind of understand. Okay, bears are, the bears are quite, except, I don't know. They're, yeah, they're it's quite like a term that's yeah, they're quite gonna well, have a widely known. Yeah, yeah. the big guys, right? And yeah. they're big guys and they're, they're hairy and, and very sort of masculine looking, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. And cubs are like little versions of that. Yeah. yeah. So if, imagine your classic lumberjack image. Yep. Yeah. That would be a bear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then a cub is like a 20 year old who's going to turn into a bear. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna, there, are, there are many cases of beer before that. Yeah. Okay. So a wolf is someone who's lean, muscular, and semi hairy, mm. but very sexually aggressive. I'm thinking like mm. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, well, well, I am thinking of Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be really honest here. Yeah, well, I think like... Uh, they, so, okay, that's the only one I've heard of as an animal name which actually has a sexual characteristic. Which actually has a sexual characteristic. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Uh, it's the, only, <laughs> the wolf is the... <laughs> the wolf is the only animal I've heard of in any of this mm. that has any sexual attribute to it. <laughs> Good one. I'm leaving Good that save. all <laughs> Okay, what about twinks? Twinks? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of your classic gay porn lookalike. They're probably 18 to 22-ish, even younger, 16. What? Young. They're kind of, they're young guys. They've generally got a bit of sassy attitude, but it's more of a physical description okay. than, a, than a personality oh, one. okay. Um, like hairless, slim, or toned. Right. Like Ken dolls. That's what I've got in my head. A Ken doll. Is it like a Justin Bieber? <laughs> yeah, I think Bieber's outgrown Twink now. Okay. But yeah, he's tattered to the fuck. Yeah. Well, well now, but now I've heard he's like a twonk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm reading this from the internet. I'm like, okay, so you I, need to clarify well, you, this. You, 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 you say twonk? I know, I know what a twonk is. So a twonk is an older twink. So yeah, okay, that's what I have, like a muscular older twink. Not necessarily muscular though. No, like not. It's, okay. it's what you. It's your sort of. Okay. Imagine a boy band person. Like okay. they start when they're young and they're a twink. Okay. And then when they're in their thirties and forties, right. they become a tw- uh, twonk. Right, right. Older twink. Like Backstreet Boys now. I reckon they're beyond twonk now. <laughs> they're forties. Yeah, no, yeah. they're beyond it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so these terms, they're, they're... Are there any more? Have we missed them? I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. God, well, uh, so... Like, what are some of your favourites? Yeah, uh, and what, what do you like? Yeah. I mean, like... And, I like and... the manatee. The manatee. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a really fat, bald, hair, totally hairless person. <laughs> I really, I like that one. Um, you've got the Ewok. <laughs> Which is like a really short cub. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fond of spears. Yeah, exactly. But but what are you? I mean, I, I okay, like just what what would you be? I yeah, uh, I knew this was coming, and yeah. I've been thinking about it, and I'm never self-defining. Okay. Is you don't get to self-define yeah. this. Like right. it's just it's how people describe you to each other okay. or look at you and say it in a bar. I. Have people don't. told you what you are? Or? Well, so I was chatting with a few of my friends over Christmas <laughs> about this, and uh, I think the consensus was twonk, but on the way out of that, <laughs> <laughs> into Silver Fox. Yeah, I can't wait to get some grey hair. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any other terms I've heard. Like, but again, I had never heard of an otter either. But 
in terms of <laughs> other other descriptors. Oh, you've got a fawn. A fawn, <laughs> a fawn is, uh, I would say, similar in build to an otter, but they only have hairy legs and a smooth <laughs> upper body. This is oh. very specific. I don't know if like straight people have so many. I've got a flowchart. I'll send it over. Yeah, yeah? yeah that's great. Yeah. Okay, well, send us your flow chart. Yeah. <laughs> so you do get it. I mean, do, do you have a type? Do you like cubs or bears? Yeah, I would or say. Manatees. I'm, yeah, manatees. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely in the sort of twonk uh. area. That's my, that's my thing. Yeah. Do they yeah. have to look like you as well? No. <laughs> <laughs> They're preferably not. <laughs> <laughs> that's natural selection working again. <laughs> okay, so let's get to the gay sex. Because okay. that's what this whole topic uh, is about, right? That was a very long intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very long <laughs> intro. Uh. Well, okay. So talk us through, like, let's say, like, a little journey. of If you were to meet somebody, yep. you know, what would, like, how would you firstly negotiate the conversation that you would have want to have sex? How would you negotiate, I don't know, the sort of top-bottom conversation? If you even have that conversation or you just find well, that out spontaneously? Where are we meeting? Are we meeting, like, on Grindr or are we meeting in person? Or Is, is it different? Yeah. So, like, let's 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 go down the Grindr route. Okay, let's go down. Most of those details are fairly laid out and people are fairly upfront. Okay. So, like, on your page, yeah. you will be able to choose, like, what? body types you are looking for and what your body type is from oh. like thin oh, athletic wow. oh. masculine like wow. and then you can put a bit about your personality whether you're a feminine <laughs> but or masculine no, no one or, reads that. Like, and hilariously like it, it's a bit of a running joke in the community everyone puts masculine even if they are like a massive queen <laughs> mask looking for similar like what? <clears throat> that's so yeah funny. i didn't really like i don't i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. It's um, it's, it's, but it's definitely a thing. But I just love that that's that's a part of like the demographic, like like as the it's, it's, Yeah, it's almost yeah. like binary. Like it's like oh, you're yeah. one or the other. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say you can have a larger personality than just masculine or feminine, right? Correct. Yes. Um, you can and, also and put on. Don't you get pissed off by people who go, "Oh, are you the masculine one in the gay relationship or the feminine one?" I don't know. Um, Is that it's, a bit ignorant? It's certainly a little bit ignorant to assume that there's a man and a woman in the relationship. Yeah. It's a relationship <laughs> made from two men, yeah. and men have different personalities. So yeah, you may have a sort of an overbearing, dominant character who looks after all the household finances. <laughs> yeah but there's no telling whether they're going to be the top or the bottom in bedroom. Or mm -hmm. you could just have a totally versed couple who share yeah. all the household bills and the bedroom. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't <laughs> can't define it as similarly. Yeah. And, and also, can I say, there are a lot of women that look after the household bills and are very aggressive and dominant as well. So exactly. it's not like strict gender roles here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't do it personally. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that quietly. I'm like, I have staff to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I can't tell. I don't even care about her bedroom. <laughs> anyway, oh, okay, so, so, you've, so, you've got so, so it's, it's up front, let's say. Okay, so Grinder, it's up front. So you've got this app. You've okay. probably like shared with each other. So you know whether they're a top or a bottom. Right. You know what they look like. Yeah. Uh, you know how old they are. You know how much they weigh. You know how tall they are. Wow. Um, and then you get on to messaging and let's say it's quite late on a Friday night <laughs> and uh, all of your inhibitions are out the window and you might literally just send a message saying, uh, hi, want to meet? Oh. Uh, and if they okay. respond like in the affirmative, yeah. then you're probably going to ask the next question of what are you into? Right. And okay. then someone will come back with a list of like, I like everything from like rimming to... Yeah. Uh, fisting to yeah. whatever and you'll either be like yep or fuck no that's terrifying really head for the okay. hills yeah. um, but that's so great that that conversation comes up so early i mean well, straight people don't really have that conversation I so think. it happens on grinder that yeah. is a hookup app oh, right. designed okay. for finding someone close to you to go and have sex with them yeah, it's geo-based okay yeah it's like tinder but no, there's, I mean, it's geobases in it. There's a map and there are pins. So oh, no, 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 there's no pins. No, so you get pins. a proximity with every oh, person. Oh, proximity. Um, but obviously giving you maps of where to find gays could end up with all sorts of weird stalking. Yeah. <laughs> the gays are here. We yeah. found them. Exactly. Set fire to the village. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, 
So that's the uh, Grindr online version. approach. Yeah. Yep. What's the real life approach? I'm going to go ahead and take a guess here and try and remember from when I was younger that it's exactly the same as straight couples meeting. Right. Okay. Um, I think the only complication there, as you said, is if you end up with uh, my one of my favorite phrases, two tunnels waiting for a train by the time <laughs> you get into the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what does happen happen in in that situation? Uh, So I've I've been in that exact situation (laughs) several times and you just sort of, uh, you have a wank, you do some oral sex, you maybe dig out some toys, but it probably doesn't have much longevity uh, in terms of bothering to see each other again. Okay, because what I've heard from my gay friends is they just get a third person. Okay, so I'm assuming assuming we just excluded Grindr as an option. But okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've been on a nice first date. Yeah. You go back and you're like, uh, yeah, we need we need someone to sort us out. Yeah. You get out the phone and if yeah, the two of you would share a top. Yeah. Oh. Or, or two of you share a bottom. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yes. But in the long term relationship, is it quite hard if your sexual orientations are you both are, I don't know, identify more exclusively as tops and. How is that sustainable? I feel like we as gays have less of a fixed history behind us, therefore less of a societal norm. So we can Mm. invent relationships to be what we want them to be. So I have several friends who are in long-term, loving, committed relationships and marriages. Um, And whether it's because one of them travels a lot or whether it's because they both have the same preference or whatever... Mm Despite the fact that they live in the same house, like they just have totally open relationships and can go and fuck whoever they want. Right. Mm-hmm. And they do it together sometimes, they do it separately sometimes, but there is no kind of argument in this relationship about, oh my God, you're cheating on me. Like, that was the deal. Yeah. 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 And we have the opportunity to make those deals. So, yeah. no, it's not a deal breaker if you've yeah. got two yeah. people with the same preference. Um, but I'm sure it's tough. Yeah. I'd find it tough. I know I would. I wanted to ask you, just back on that journey of like you're, uh, if you're meeting somebody in a bar and trying to pick them up um, and you're saying it's not too different from how straight people do it. But what about this idea of a gay dar? You know, like, are you able to tell who's gay? Let's say if you are in a, in a bar, maybe it's not a straight, uh, maybe it's not a gay bar. Mm-hmm. Right. But are you able to sort of sense in the room who... No. Might be gay. Like, like, some, <laughs> some people claim they're really good at this. Yeah. Uh, my history alone will prove that I'm fucking awful at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have hit on numerous straight men yeah. and also been totally oblivious to really attractive gay men around me who were interested in me and me just thinking they were straight. Like, oh, in both no. ways, absolutely screwed it. Okay, but is it a thing? Do people do people have it? Like... like the gaydar, I mean, I think some of my friends swear by the gaydar. Like, they can tell. They're like, no, definitely gay. Definitely. I'm I mean, like, I think <laughs> you can okay. call it the gaydar, but sometimes it's just blindingly fucking obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, pink oh. shoes gave it away, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pink shoes and the feather boa. <laughs> um, and the collection of Elton John albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Elton John tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I don't, I don't yeah. believe it's a thing. Mm. Coming back to it, so, and actually, I, I know we're going to talk about this later. So, actually, uh, when you're having the conversation in the bar, do you start to allude to any of your kind of sexual preferences at that point? Like, I know straight people don't, but. I think, uh, I mean, how many beers have you had? What sort yeah. of night is it? Where are you? Yeah, yeah right, but, right. but straight people just, just don't have a list. Are you into rimming 15? Oh, I, like, I mean, that's, <laughs> like, they don't have that. They don't talk about that until they're actually there. I don't think you go into that <laughs> list, but you might sort of have a sneaky, are you a top or a bottom question before you get around to going home. Right, right. Right, okay. But, but okay. nah, that's what's nice about meeting someone yeah. face-to-face. Yeah. Like, yeah. There are surprises, and you learn about each other, and <laughs> it's, yeah, well, it's so a lot more human. So where do you usually meet people, then? Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely grinder. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. But I think, you know, in my defense, that's because I'm never in one place for more than a few days at a time. Oh, right. Okay. Just get the fix, move on. Yeah, yeah. Grinder's pretty good for that, since it's... Yeah. 
location specific. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about some myths around gay sex. Okay. All right, I've got four for you. Four. Yeah. Okay. Four myths. But so <laughs> I, the I great told, myths of gay. I, to, I told a friend last night that I was coming to do a podcast yeah. uh, about demystifying gay sex. Yeah. I said, "What's the fucking mystery? Yeah. <laughs> One bends over, the other smashes it in. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's so confusing?" <laughs> I think it's for straight people. I mean, I think this whole episode is... Well, no, I mean, he's it's straight, and that was his opinion. <laughs> what's, oh, really? what's confusing about it? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, wow, wow. wow. <laughs> okay, so that's myth number one, right? So myth number one is that sex between gay guys is just anal. Uh, no, it is a. it can be a lot simpler than that, and it can be a lot more complicated than that. What's a more complicated example? So, I mean, this exists in the straight world as well, but I feel like it's probably more... Uh, available and more people are into dominant and submissive relationships. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so you'll have a master and a slave or a pet or right. whatever. Right. Um, and that's a lot of kind of psychological sexuality. Right. Okay. Um, in terms of control over a person's life rather than right. just the time you're in bed together of an evening. But does that correlate roughly to top and bottom as well? Like, uh, is a top would be a master? Generally, yeah. You can go the other way around, but most of the time. Right. Yeah, the master would be the top, and they okay. would lease out their sub to other people or... Yeah. Oh, really? With ...or whatever. Oh, wow. But have you ever... I mean, what's defined as gay sex necessary? Is it always anal? Or would you define gay sex as, I don't know, even blowjobs or... I think so. Um, uh, I mean, some people think that sex involves yeah. penetrative sex. Yeah. My opinion is it doesn't. There is no rule. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and do you personally like anal sex? Don't like anal sex? We, we brought it up earlier. Uh, yeah, like, I like And it. you said that it, it took a while for you to get into. Yeah, I think there's sort of certain... It, it has the potential to hurt if yeah. you get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or if yeah. the other person gets it wrong. Right, yeah. right. Um, so and it has the potential to hurt either of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just like a, it's learning, it's practice. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It's also knowing when it's not really going to work out and just like calling a halt to it if you're not enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Th- like you do not want to be getting more anxious if you're having anal sex because yeah. then your whole body gets tense and then it just gets even more yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And you can still be gay without liking anal sex. You can still yeah. find other ways of sexual expression. Right? Yeah. I think, um, no, I don't cut that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, myth number two. Gay men are either a bottom or a top. So we talked a little bit about this. And as you said, some people identify exclusively. Yep. Um, But um, there's also a little element of fluidity. I think it's a sliding spectrum. Yeah. 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 Most people are within the middle of the spectrum. Um, yeah. It's quite rare to be 100% exclusively yeah. one or the other. And what does that depend on? I mean, does it depend on, let's say, the mood that you're in? Today, I'm feeling like a bottom. I, I don't know. Like, Or is it maybe somebody you've met and you, you can tell that, no, I just want a bottom for you or nobody else? I, I don't know. What, what does it depend on? What are the factors? Any or all of the above. So yeah. for right. if you are um, of a major preference one way or the right, other, right. that's probably a... A lifestyle preference rather than a with this partner preference. Um, so it doesn't really matter who you meet. Your preference is to top. Okay. Wh- whoever you're with. Um, interestingly, I know that as people sort of move through life stages, their opinions and decisions on that oh, move really? around as well. So it's not like 70 years. That's for I'm going to be a bottom for 70 years. <laughs> okay. Like, it could be that in mid-late 30s as careers change or yeah. whatever then people just sort of start experimenting a little more it's uh-huh. all part of progress like sexu- yeah. sexuality right. is <clears throat> is a progression for anyone so you could start off as a bottom and become a top that is that's probably the most common route oh okay um there's this kind of and again i don't want to speak for everybody <laughs> yeah. in the entire gay community <laughs> we have tom from the gays <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah here our official representative <laughs> Um, but I think there's sort of there's a power play of older men sleeping with younger men, mm-hmm. um, and people buy into that, and you know you get your filthy sub twink and your massively dominant 
beardy top mm-hmm. and then the twink grows up to be a beardy top. <laughs> <laughs> What's a power bottom? Power bottom is someone who gets really into it uh, and almost controls the sexual situation. So they would be like a dominant bottom. Right. Oh. Okay. Yeah, this came up on my, my brief research this morning. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Okay. Myth number three, gay men are not monogamous. And I think this comes from actually the assumption that gay men just have sex for fun because they don't have this evolutionary need to <laughs> <laughs> need to reproduce necessarily. I don't I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, we kind of touched on this, yeah. the ability to invent our own things. Yeah. I know some people for whom it would be a deal breaker in a relationship if they couldn't shag around. Okay, yeah. Um, I think we I are think. generally more promiscuous than mm-hmm. straight people, I think. No. I'll go ask some straight people. I, I think that <laughs> I know a lot of promiscuous straight people. So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. <laughs> we are allowed uh, No more. one in this room. <laughs> We're allowed more open relationships. Generally. Yeah. 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 A- and I think it's more of a discussion. I think it's maybe a little bit more of a... People, maybe gay people are just more open to discussing it, whether or not you end up deciding that's yeah. what it is for you. Um. And this last myth, I think, it may be a little outdated now, but I know that this was definitely when I was growing up in the 80s. It was definitely something that people thought um, about the global HIV epidemic, that it was HIV or AIDS was a gay disease. And -hmm. I wonder what's your take on this? How do you think this has changed? And why do you think this came about, actually, back in the 80s? Because I I know in the 80s that was, it was really gay men particularly that were yeah at the forefront bearing the brunt of the disease and that's how it ended up being associated yeah. with HIV and AIDS. So I'm definitely not a doctor or statistician yeah. when it comes to AIDS and HIV. Um, I do know that unsafe anal sex mm-hmm. is an incredibly high transmission rate yeah. to the receptive or bottom partner. Yeah. It's a higher if there is if mm-hmm. you have a positive top. Yeah. Um, so I think before safe sex campaigns were put out following the HIV epidemic in mm-hmm. the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. uh, it was just spreading like wildfire. People didn't know what the disease was. People didn't know how it was spread. Mm. Um, and no one was wearing condoms. Like The gays were all hidden. Yeah. Uh, it was mm. barely legal. Mm. Um, it certainly was societally frowned upon even in major metropolitan areas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it spread like wildfire. Uh, nowadays, I feel like that connection is no longer there in in the gay community's mind. Mm-hmm. It is, I think, unfairly there in society as a whole's mind. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I, I'm hoping that will change soon. So it, even in my uh, what is it, 15 years of being gay and having sex mindsets have moved inside the gay community from when i started everyone was super safe like there was never even a thought of barebacking and Mm -hmm. it was just which is gay sex without a condom yeah uh and it was just something in really exclusive porn Mm. Uh, then pep came along and that's Mm -hmm. post-exposure prophylaxis so if you have an accident with a condom you can go and pop a pill Yep. the next day and it has some pretty unpleasant side effects but we'll clear you yep. um, some people started using that as an excuse to just go barebacking and then take a pill the next day oh okay um, which obviously then leads on to higher uh, rates of transmission of other diseases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting development now is PrEP yeah you heard of PrEP yeah mm-hmm. So yep. that's pre-exposure, pre-exposure. prophylaxis. Yep. So it's a similar drug to PEP in the formulation, um, but you take it in advance of having sex, mm-hmm. um, and it is massively reducing transmission rates yep. um, because people are protected from the exposure point. Right. Um, so unprotected sex is no longer an issue for HIV if the people are both on PrEP. Right. Um, okay. Also... Actually, having sex with someone who is HIV positive and knows they're positive is a far lower risk than having sex with someone who doesn't know what their status is. Right. Mm. Um, because if you're on well-managed medication, yeah. 
um, then your viral load is at zero and it's, it's virtually impossible to pass it on. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yes, didn't mean to go into no. an HIV. No, that was really, that That's was really yeah. interesting. And I actually really think that people need to know that. Yeah. Um, I think that from what I've seen, I, at least in the UK, there have been actually significant drops in the number of gay men being infected yeah. with HIV and AIDS. And that's um, in very recent years. And that's due to a lot of the things that you talk about. I think PrEP. Um, uh, which is that rapid treatment, but also frequent testing. So it's a very, very accepted now to just go into a clinic and yeah. get tested um, very quickly. And then I think if you if you find you have something, then you can immediately get treated for it. So I think yeah. So like the finger prick, yeah. fifteen minute tests. You can yeah. now get them delivered to your home in the UK and just do it in your living room, and it takes fifteen minutes. Yeah. And it's seamless, brilliant. Yeah. No? Shame that's not available wide yeah. in the wider it's, it's world. It's not here, right? Yeah. You can't do that here. Nope. You still need to go into a clinic. That's a shame. Clinics here are disgustingly expensive or terrible. Yeah. 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 I think straight people could benefit from a quick test as well. Like, to be uh, I think everyone should get tested. Yeah. Once, like once a year minimum, if you're super active, twice a year. Yeah. Whoever you're sleeping with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so l this is our last section. It's kind of a fun section. All right, okay. So Interviews over. Yeah, the rest was totally <laughs> <laughs> We call it the quickie but a giddy section, which is just like a little rapid fire <laughs> round of questions, which both Jai and I are gonna contribute to as well. And we're gonna put on our best. Chris Hemsworth. Oh wait, you haven't. <laughs> <asked> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna put on our. We're gonna try to think like a like a gay man <laughs> I um, didn't know what to, you were to answer some of these questions as well. So it, it's just a bit of fun. Um, and you wouldn't have seen these questions beforehand anyway. Okay, so you have five seconds to answer every single um, question. If you can't think of an answer, that's fine. We just move on to the next one. Oh, this is okay. going to be so incriminating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish okay, I'd seen so these. spontaneous reactions. Okay, first question. This one's kind of a fun one. Would you rather have sex with a zucchini or a banana? <laughs> zucchini. Uh, yeah, zucchini. Yeah. Bananas are going to be too much curvature. Yeah. And the brush. Uh, yeah, the whole like mushy, pulpy. <laughs> you, don't want that. you don't want that inside. <laughs> no, I, I, I picked banana. I Did picked, you? Yeah, no. I, I would definitely... I like the curve. I think we're talking I about like different holes though. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. one would you choose for anal sex? Yeah. Yeah. But the, the anal canal is curved too. Yeah. Like uh, hello. <laughs> hello. Okay, next. Okay, would you rather have sex with Justin Timberlake? Drake or David Beckham? Uh, Beckham. Timberlake. Be Beckham. What did you say? Beckham. Really? Yeah. His little voice in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, but it was who did I want to have sex with, <laughs> not who did I want to have a really annoying <laughs> exactly. conversation with. You wanted to talk to him. You just have sex with him. I, I pick Beckham as I mean, well. Equally, I don't really fancy Beckham, but just of that list, he's <laughs> kind of the least low. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why Justin Timberlake? I just think he's much better put together than Beckham. Like he, I, I love the way... He, he looks. I like his body better. Yeah. Beckham has nice tattoos. Yeah. Okay. Next. Okay. Um, would you rather have sex with a only two choices here: a twink or a bear? Twink. Twink. Twink too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, favorite movie or TV show that depicts gay characters? Well, probably Queer as Folk. Yeah. You I was watched that too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is brilliant. Yeah, Queer as Folk. Okay. Oh, no, there was one ages ago called Playing It Straight that was hysterical. <laughs> really? Okay. It was like a Love Island thing, but yeah. you had uh, like 50-50 gay and straight men and one woman, and all the gay men were pretending to be straight. <laughs> and basically, at the end of the show, once she'd wheedled it down, if a gay man was the one she chose, he got all of the money. <laughs> if she chose a straight man, then uh, she and the straight man would split money. Really? Okay. No, actually, I changed my mind completely. The Birdcage. That movie changed my fucking life. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's oh. good. Yeah. Oh, wait, are we talking movies well, or either, TV either shows? Either a movie oh, yeah. or a TV show. Oh, okay. My, I, I really like Modern Family. I don't know if yeah, you've seen Yeah, they're a nice couple. The, I know the, I just the, went, who's gay on that? But of course. No, no. <laughs> couple, Cam and what's his name? Mitch. Mitchell. Mitch. Yeah, I really like... I, oh, yeah. I think they're so, really... Did you know that Cam in real life is not gay? I yeah. know, but um, he's so good yeah. on the show. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what is a pickup line um, that you might use to stand out in a gay club? 
Put your creative hat on. Put your creative hat on. Put my hand up and say, I'm kind of straight. Let's do it now. No, no, that would be a challenge, though. That would probably be good. Yeah. I'm terrible in clubs and bars. Like, I can't hit on people. I'm so bad at it. No. What? You don't have a It's a bit loud in here. Yeah. Can we go outside? It's hurting my ears. Just get my Zimmer frame from Coat Check. Okay, so um, no pickup line then. I, I, I don't really have one. Yeah, no, no. I think I would just, I mean, I think I would just take the grinder approach. Like I would just grind myself up against someone. Uh, 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 <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I have that many lines necessarily. We were sitting outside yesterday and yeah. somebody just came and like wanted to lift Sarah up. And I'm like, oh, is that a friend of yours? She's like, no, just a complete stranger. <laughs> trying to like be that guy. No, but that stuff happens to me. <laughs> like people just walk by the street and then suddenly they're like, they just grab my hand and yeah. they're like, you coming with me? Like people like yeah, run out of the really bar. Is it because you dress like a slutty prostitute? <laughs> I, I, not yesterday. Yes, I mean, I'm not, not saying you are today. I'm not yesterday. saying you do. I'm saying on the occasions where this happens, <laughs> is it because you're dressed <laughs> in your nurse's year? Yeah. Okay, well, thanks so much yeah, thanks for Thank you. joining me on the show today. It was really great chatting, and I hope we managed to debunk quite a few of the myths around gay sex <laughs> and shed a little bit more light on what it's like to be gay. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think one key takeaway for me from this episode is that um, there's definitely not uh, one size fits all in terms of <laughs> the definition of a gay person or a gay identity. So I, I and, really think... And in cock size too. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. So I think we definitely need to get off the sort of you know that's so gay train and just stereotype everything like that so listeners at home what did you learn from today did any of it challenge your perceptions of gay people or gay sex so tell us on social media instagram is our favorite platform you can find me at hello sarah sense and jai at double star co and that's it for today so remember whether you're having gay sex or straight sex we just want you to have sex. So <laughs> <laughs> go get busy and go get better in bed. I know you